Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons, jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story, Biden's agenda rolls out, as does his team, which includes some big names from the deep state and the deep past of the Democrats and just the overall military industrial complex from Victoria Newland to Jen Psaki. So let me just tell you a few of the big names. One major announcement was that we have the first black Pentagon chief, but that doesn't matter to me as much as the, and he is proud to be the first African-American in that position. But the fact is that he is a four star general retired in 2016, which makes him um, ineligible for the position of SecDef, secretary of defense without a legislative Measure So Congress had to approve it because we want to keep the military out of the hands of the generals. Otherwise, you really open up the possibility of a coup or the threat of a coup, which means that the president is kind of going to be beholden to the military. It was the first thing Trump did. And it's the first thing Biden's doing is kind of handing over the military to the military. That's that'll put up some alarms. So that gives more power to the military. Is that yes. what you're saying? Yes. What you want is for civilian control to the military so that the military can't just turn around and say, we're in control of the government now, because they would have to go through the civil authority who is separate from that. It's a check on the, the power of might over constitution. Now, some people like the Q thing, if you really listen to what some of the more sophisticated people who think Trump as Batman thought was that the military itself were the ones that were going to take back the government for Trump from the deep state, which were the kind of civilian spook type people who were Obama holdovers. So the fact that the military has power, not everybody dislikes that, but it's it, it's there's a reason they don't have it that way. And this guy, he was instrumental in the invasion of Iraq. He was on the board of Raytheon. So it's not good because a lot of the the funding and the priorities and stuff will go to the military industrial complex. The more that interest is represented in the cabinet and in the halls of power. Is Raytheon a weapons company? Yeah, it's a, one of the very, very big defense contractors. There's three or four really big ones, and Raytheon is one of them. And yeah. I think the same thing was true for Trump's first SecDef, and it might even have been Raytheon, actually. So that's not, it's not good. It's just, it just demonstrates this corpo governmental continuum that sets the agenda, sets the budgeting fascism it is it is but it's more in the military industrial complex subdivision of overall general fascism yeah and i always think of the military industrial complex as being finance energy and defense but and then i always thought underneath that was big farm big pharma and big tech but now i think that like all six of those things are probably in the uppermost echelon and yeah there's your fascism yeah but there are a few other names that caught my attention 
in the in the um, appointments of Biden. One is Anthony Blinken is going to be the secretary of state. And if you look into his kind of connections, this is how you, you realize people are super, super deep state or they're they're in a power elite that doesn't always get the light. And so you don't really know for sure. But his when I see in somebody's family, like a bunch of <laughs> names that you can click through on Wikipedia, those are people who are connected. So this guy's father founded Warburg Pincus. His uncle um, got his PhD under John Kenneth Galbraith, which could be considered like the 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 deep statist of them all. And uh, his stepfather was a confidant of Robert Maxwell and was also at the Brookings Institute. So this guy is Ghislaine Maxwell's father. Yes. Yes. So. That's Blinken. And the director of national intelligence is a woman named Avril Haines, who has an even, I mean, more obvious resume. Uh, she works with Palantir. She works with West Exec Advisors, which was founded by Blinken. She's in Brookings. And Palantir is the InQtel company. The InQtel is the CIA's venture capital arm that what is the big data mining company that basically I think was gifted to Peter Thiel. I mean, I just, he, he is making big money off that. They act like it says company, but if you look into the backstory, I think he was just given some like rock bottom worth nothing stock. And I feel like this is how they make like George Soros and stuff. They make them really, really rich so that they can be, uh, affects political change around the world. It's not the opposite. Like, I don't think these guys are like the single biggest geniuses run these big tech companies and have a hundred billion dollars with the benefit of government research, government patents, um, government uh, regulatory protections and all that kind of stuff. I think these guys are the face jobs. They make it look like all these machinations around the world are done at the hands of private People, but it's really just again a part of that government um, corporate continuum, and that's their strategy with a great reset anyway. Related to this, that's the strategy to subvert governments by using the corporations to get everything they want. And Biden is is falling right in line with everything that they are trying to do with the great reset. Absolutely, and I, I think it is time for a little great reset and Davos talk. So I'm happy to. I'm looking forward to the Patron 15, where I think you're going to bring us some of the latest because it starts tomorrow, right? Or it starts next. Starts week? next week, right? In yeah. uh, in Singapore or virtually? That's a good question. I think it's virtual. Me but too, and I think there's one. In, that. I think it might be meeting in person in Singapore in, in May, if I'm not mistaken. But another name that came up was. Victoria Newland. Yeah, I who, heard that and I thought of you. Was, yeah, <laughs> she's the assistant secretary of state in charge of political affairs. And she is uh, she was opining on the fact that that Biden just signed a five year extension on the long range nuclear treaty. It's called, I think, New Start, the New Start Treaty, where we have some inspections abilities, some limitations on long range nukes with Russia. She wanted us to kind of put the screws to them and try to get some some satisfaction on possibly things like the Navalny poisoning, which is full of shit or the solar winds thing. Oops, you might have to bleep that the solar winds hack, which is an inside job, in my opinion. So she's she it's very alarming that Didn't she's in the she say in some of those clips that we played. 
Biden is our guy on the inside when she was involved oh, in the Ukraine. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, she said, yeah, she said when they were overthrowing, when she was plotting to overthrow the democratically elected government of Ukraine, she was very excited that Biden was willing to come over and I believe give an attaboy or make the deets stick. I can't remember. It was him and the yeah. UN chief she had in her pocket. And so you don't know uh, Robert Kagan, her husband is a big shot at Brookings. So you just I mean, y- you just know what the plan is now. You know yeah. who the power is. No, nothing new. Exactly what we kind of expected that you go back in time. You find the guys who are well known to be trustworthy. I mean, Biden was the guy who said that the Waco people lit themselves on fire. Little kids and women lit themselves on fire. He said he wrote the USA Patriot Act. I believe he that was in the wake of uh, OKC, which was obviously not what we were told it was. And you can w- watch uh, The Noble Lie if you want more on OKC. But there, this what's happening with Biden. It's expected. It's obvious. And uh, I think it's almost sad. It's almost sad that uh, after all that, we're same old, same old. What's up, guys? With such uncertainty in the world right now, the best way to have true security is by growing your own food. And Neighbors Feed and Seed in Smyrna, Georgia, they got you covered. They offer garden supplies, vegetable plants, chicken feed, bird feed, farm supply, everything your garden or farm needs. They even host a farmer's market on Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And right now, for Propaganda Report listeners only, they're offering 10% off of all online purchases at NeighborsFeedAndSeed.com. Just type in coupon code PROP, P-R-O-P, all caps, upon checkout. And if you have any questions, give them a call at 678 678- Six five three eight eight three eight. It is sad, and we are seeing the new regime roll out their new standards and the way they're going to be operating every single day now. I have a few examples of how things are going to be different in the Biden administration that I've noticed over the course of the past couple of days, beginning with the role reversal in the media. So Fox News and CNN and other liberal and right wing networks are switching roles now. And an example of this role reversal is there was a story yesterday about Biden signing the executive order that mandates mask on federal property, which a lot of people aren't happy with. And later that day, Biden was at the Lincoln Memorial inside the Lincoln Memorial caught on camera after signing that federal mask mandate on federal property, not wearing a mask. So he immediately violates the executive order that he signs. Now, six months ago, everywhere Trump went without a mask, we heard maskless Trump jeopardizing lives. Trump without a mask goes to visit the union workers. Maskless Trump goes to visit the hospital. (laughs) Everything had maskless in the headline. And it was outrage. And Jim Acosta is yelling at him and he's killing people. Biden, on the other hand, doesn't wear a mask. Not a peep out of CNN, not a peep out of the left. Don't hear anything about it. Fox News, however, in the role reversal, takes up the mantle and they are writing about the maskless Biden. And they have the reporter inside the the press secretary during the the press conference. They have not inside the press secretary. That really came (laughs) off wrong. Inside the White House, speaking with a new press secretary and Jen Psaki. And he asked her about the mask. He asked, doesn't that set a bad example by not wearing a mask after signing that mandate? And Jen Psaki answered by saying, well, what sets a good example is that Biden signed all of these executive orders to help COVID. And we have bigger things to deal with right now than worrying about that. So that was the reaction. You just think about how how, how 
different that is than just a few weeks ago. Jen Psaki, talk about the old regime. She was such a lying piece of crap with the Ukraine stuff. I mean, she would smirk. She would laugh. She could not deliver her BS with a straight face. And if anyone ever pressed her on the fact that her answer to their question made no sense, she would literally make a laugh. So as if to say, are you really going to make me act like I have an answer for you? Is this really the kind of dance we need to go through? And she, she, she was amazing. But this is a perfect example of somebody you can count on to lie, lie, yeah. lie. She did that a little bit today during the press conference. I don't even remember what the question was, but her response started like this. She goes, oh, such an important question. Just completely yeah. being sarcastic. And it was from one of the conservative outlets. Another thing that she is doing that's new that we're going to see probably on a regular basis, at least for a little while, is she came out to the podium wearing a full mask. And it wasn't like she just happened to walk out there and then take it off. It was very much a demonstration. Here I am. My mask is still on as I'm at the podium. Make sure the camera sees you. Take (laughs) your mask off very deliberately. This is what you're supposed to do. So we're getting these mask demonstrations all over the place. Everybody in the room wearing a mask, which wasn't always the case with Trump because he didn't mandate it. The third thing that we're seeing that's going to be new and really, really annoying is that Dr. Fauci is getting his own show, basically, as he is being featured in daily press briefings about COVID. It's going to be him. Usually, sometimes it's going to be other people they bring in, but he was by himself. He had the spotlight. He wasn't standing in the background, and he spoke of how liberating it is to be able to speak to a president without feeling that he's going to be barked down for even bringing it up or questioning certain things. So, it's just so freeing and the way he talked glowingly about Biden, and he just couldn't be happier. We know so much about what a bad guy he is, but it is so trashy and ungrateful for him to act like he's better than the guy who hired him. I just it's just trash. I can't stand that kind of thing. So should we talk a little bit about the the covid policy that's rolling out? Let's do it. Ever since getting to know the people and products at True Hemp Science, I have made CBD products a highly rewarding part of my life. From muscle rub to body lotion to CBD oil and my absolute favorite, gluten-free brownies, I have incorporated CBD products into my own approach to personal well-being. To find out more about CBD products in general and True Hemp Science products in particular, including their latest offering of gummies, check out their website and request a free personal consultation at truehempscience.com slash products. Report. So let's let's rattle off a few things that are in the COVID strategy for Biden: mask wearing, testing data, treatments, ramping up vaccinations, using the Defense Defense Production Act to fill shortfalls in supplies, uh, masks required. We talked about this yesterday. Airports, airplanes, trains, buses, but a few other things that were proposed and. You know, they weren't written into executive orders, but they may be things to watch out for is uh, a one doctor proposed tying federal funds to states having mask requirements. So I I hate that. It's totally unconstitutional. It is a direct violation of the 10th Amendment, in my opinion. And it's why you don't want federal funds for anything ever, because they 
use it not only to control the things they fund, but to control other things. They're talking about OSHA standards. So this is, again, an example of what I was talking about yesterday, using the executive branch to legislate OSHA. Anything administrative is a body of laws that have not been passed by Congress. And one of the and OSHA standards, which are workplace standards, tend to focus on things that are, quote, grave dangers in the workplace, particularly toxins. But they're trying to stretch it to include COVID stuff, such as mask mandates in the in the workplace, social distancing in the workplace, certain ventilation requirements uh, that that people employees might be required to report symptoms and exposure and that uh, California, for example, some of their workplace regulations have included accommodating like a requirement to accommodate higher risk employees, a requirement to provide testing information. What was considered too far in California, I, I believe it was adjudicated as being too far, was requiring paid leave for people exposed to COVID. I mean, boy, people would be taking two weeks vacation left and right if you could get away with that. But California was not allowed to require that employees give you that paid leave. Everybody would be claiming they had COVID, not not just exposure to COVID. Wow. And that would help with tracing. So these these policies all have implications on behavior as well. And they are always going to give the advantage to a big corporation, to a union shop, places that already have very high regulatory and compliance costs. That's the kind of thing when you increase those regulatory barriers to entry, you drive out the little guy who really on the margin doesn't have the extra money to commit to that. And this so for me, this is more corporatism, more. And, and one of the things Biden was expressly said he would do, and he was talking about this even in the campaign, is to try to play favorites on union shops. He wants to increase union labor, which in theory, I actually really like union, the idea of labor unions, but they're so corrupted and they do not reflect the will of the members. They're coercive and getting their fees and that kind of thing that I'm not in favor of. And I, I never wanted laws favoring them, but he he does. And this kind of stuff favors that that real corporate workplace. Yeah, absolutely. The World Economic Forum Great Reset ESG standards that they're trying to put out there, this like the social credit score, they talk about when they're discussing the creation of these, how all the corporations that are already on board with them worldwide are going to get a head start on setting themselves up to get around the regulations that other companies won't be able to do. And I believe that the reason they have, I think you said uh, hundreds, maybe 180 corporations on board with this. Those are going to be the 180 probably biggest corporations in the world. And they want this because it drives the little guy out. And I'll tell you, I've I've had the occasion once or twice to talk to some people in big positions like that at the tops of big companies. And they believe they really They really smoke the Kool-Aid. They believe that these are valid, good regulatory standards that are good for the world. By coincidence, they're great for their company's market share, but they don't think of it that way. They're true believers. And I think that's that's kind of more like being a politician than a businessman where you have to like put that ethical glass ceiling in place and really believe it. Yeah, that's what I think is going on there. Yeah. 
It's funny to really believe it because you're right. That's how they get people on board. But when you read Saul Alinsky, it's make sure you never buy into the stuff that you're getting everybody else to buy into because you'll yeah, be rigidly think, controlled by it. I think these CEOs have kind of two minds. They're very I think they're very arrogant. I think they're very isolated in in who they interact with. And I just I think that that I mean, some of these guys seem like robots because I used to be an investment banker and I would have to. My clients would be the I would go on roadshow. So I would take the clients around and they would make presentations to bond buyers. So I, as a little person, would have the interaction with the highest level guys. And they were just like, you know, they were just not even really listening to what somebody like me you know, it's like he didn't even exist in a way. Sometimes they just live in their own world and they believe it. And it's kind of like what I say about real elite Europeans, you know, and I'm really not like throwing anybody under the bus, but they really believe like in Keynesianism or whatever. They just take these certain moral tenets as a given. And I question them and they will kind of think of it as you're just so simplistic you know, quoting the Constitution and everything. That's not how it really works. But in their minds, they look at the world. They have their own kind of morality, it seems like to me. Yeah, absolutely. So before we let's let's uh, before we change gears, let's I want to talk a little bit about COVID. But the impeachment is coming. Right. Isn't Nancy Yeah, the Pelosi- articles are going to be handed over. On Monday. Monday. Yeah. And I and I did do a little double checking on the 14th Amendment. And it, it seems to me absolutely preposterous that you can impeach somebody who's not holding office. And I am going to go down as saying that it is not a valid thing to do. And if their goal is to stop him from future office holding, I did read the 14th Amendment has a few items. One is that you may uh, abridge the right to vote for participating in a rebellion or insurrection so they could just just try him for the insurrection without an impeachment a separate kind of thing he would not be allowed to vote and he would not be allowed to hold office if when he held a position under which he was sworn to defend the constitution he was engaged in insurrection which is what they're accusing him of if he were convicted of that he would not be permitted to hold that office again so they don't need to impeach him they could just bring him up on charges yeah so maybe that maybe this is an indicator that they're not going to bring him up on charges i was expecting that maybe they will but Maybe if they didn't plan on doing that, so they're going to do the impeachment to keep it in the public mind and to I think they still need Trump in the news right now because people are going to lose interest. It's watching Biden sit around sign papers all day. So you have have the impeachment story. It still draws interest and plays off that hate. That's a really good point. And they did say it was going to be a full and fair trial. They're saying all that stuff, but there is absolutely no chance. It'll be, I can't think of the example off the top of my head, but like the, I don't know if it's the impeachment, his first impeachment or what, but the basic question here, I would say is, was there, there are two questions. Was there an insurrection or was there even an attempted insurrection? Or I don't know. The or whatever, or. whatever Anderson Cooper and Chuck Schumer are calling. I know, I know. But if, if there was an actual illegal activity and did Trump foment that, contribute to it in an illegal way? 
And for me, they would have to go through evidence of the insurrection and look at the the videos, look at the people, see if there was anybody who had a real trial with a conviction, what exactly the elements of the uprising was and are proven to be. There is not a chance in the world that that stuff will be vetted in the trial. And my guess is all the GOP will just roll over and stipulate that there was, in fact, an insurrection. Yeah. And how could they vet it? The Twitter pages are all gone. The Facebook pages are gone. But they have but but they have his speech and it would yeah. have to be based on that. And they could bring they could get it out of the Library of Congress. That, I see. I would love to see that happen. I would it's really to love them. to see that happen. It would be up to them. It, the, the burden of proof is on them yeah. to prove that there was an insurrection. See, he, Trump could win just by saying there wasn't one. Prove that right. there was one. Yeah, and but, they have to prove it. And if they do prove it, that shows that they're not deleting. They're just preventing the public from seeing. That's a good point, too. So that's why I would like to see that. Yeah. Ready to talk about Hank Aaron? Yes, we both have. Normally, we don't both have the same story. And I think you had even a little more about it. Tell me what you got. Hank Aaron died this morning, sadly. I'm a big Hank Aaron fan. I bet. I have an autograph of his that my dad got when I I was younger. I was not alive while he was playing, but just having something in Atlanta that was a champion because Atlanta has so many <laughs> devastating sports stories that just rip our hearts out. But he was kind of, he was a different, he was a different story. Played for a long time. He's a hard worker, soft-spoken, um, just did his thing. They say that he died of a stroke. That's the claim. He got the vaccine on January 5th. I'm not claiming there's a connection here, but this goes to some things that we've talked about in the past. And I believe it was a Pfizer vaccine that he got. And when he got it, they were using him getting it, the images of him getting it to promote African-Americans getting it to show to that community that it is safe. So that was the major theme around him getting the vaccine, all kind of news stories about it and him making statements about it, wanting to just help out. And there are severe side effects that the CDC has listed of stroke-like symptoms. I don't know what the connection is, if there is one, but either way, this doesn't look good. And like you have mentioned in the past, because he is older getting the vaccine, he could very well have had a stroke completely unrelated. But if it was related to the vaccine, they'll just blame it on the stroke and not make any connection to it. So this gives them a safety net by giving the vaccine to the older community, which in my opinion, do not need to be getting this vaccine, in my opinion. And it could go either way. So when you have this almost 100% COVID deaths are connected to, on average, two and a half or two, but always basically one underlying other factor, other comorbidity, which means it would have killed you. If you, if they always go hand in hand, you could kind of choose which thing you say he dies of. So on the COVID pumping case demic days, they're going to always say it's COVID. And there was an article in today's Wall Street Journal that emphasized my point exactly. And the headline of the article, and even in my family, which we people have differing views on what the true story is with this pandemic is the article was called this season flu is all but wiped out yeah can can i tell you a couple of details from that but i do still want to go back to some of the uh we were not finished with baseball yeah yeah okay so there was an article so this article i have to read this 
a couple of stats from here is that in Japan last week, there were uh, a thousand flu cases, a thousand flu cases reported in all of Japan last week. That same week, one year ago in Japan, there were 800,000 flu cases. Wow. Just think about that for a second. Yeah. It's quite, quite a change. Right. In the UK, uh, year over year, there were thousands. There are usually thousands of people hospitalized for the flu. Right now, this week, no new flu admissions in the UK. None. Zero. Zero. Uh-huh. Also out here, this is for me, not from the article, Tons of people are sick. I told you, like, and for some, this is a bad cold and flu season out here right now. And it's coming back. So I was just like, oh, COVID's coming. It's coming back. A lot of people are testing negative for COVID. So uh, is that with the updated standards of testing? Yeah, they're going back. I know people who are like, I mean, it's like overnight. Those standards must have already rolled out because the two people I know who think they have it went and got two tests. The first test was negative. Then they went back with symptoms and got the second test. I think the World World Health Organization released something in late December about it. And this was the second time they have released something about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that is definitely, you know, their first movers out here. But I just have to read this like a hilarious quote. This is a guy, Norio Sagaya, a pediatrician who serves on the World Health Organization Influenza Committee. This is his quote about the flu is like wiped out. This is an extremely puzzling phenomenon. We're in a historic, unbelievable situation. So they are literally writing in this article that somehow... The flu has been eradicated because they're they're throwing out all sorts of crap to see if it'll stick to the wall. Wait, he's serious? This isn't satire? He's serious. Oh, my gosh. He's like, I. it's just, I can't. It's I crazy. I can't figure it's it out. I can't, I can't put my finger out. on this phenomenon. This is a guy in the World Health Organization. He's a pediatrician in, on the flu committee, and he cannot figure it out. So what they're saying is it must be that COVID measures, which, by the way, work for COVID not at all. Like right, zero. but, but work, work for the all. flu. They work perfectly for the flu. Yeah. And then they said, but, and it could be there an increased vaccination rate. Okay. So like normally maybe a quarter or a third of the people get vaccinated and now it's like up to a half or maybe it's normally half and it's up to two thirds. That doesn't account for a flu rate going from 800,000 last year to 1,000 this year, like in Japan, there's just no chance. Like, that is just not a meaningful indicator. Then they have a bunch of gobbledygook, which is uh, that COVID exposure has strengthened our immune system against the flu. So, and then, uh, but then later in the par- in the article, it says, this is bad news for next year's flu season because we're all now no longer immune to the flu because we're not being exposed to it anymore. So they're setting us up. And then, of course, the punchline, even though this story is a whitewash cover-up, the punchline is, it's outrageous that for all these years, we tolerated hundreds of thousands of flu deaths when it was so easy to prevent them. Obviously, we need to continue these COVID measures going forward such as everybody should wear a mask forever 
Who is this writer again? Well, these are all, these are a hodgepodge of quotes from different people. So Jeez. Uh, a virologist at the Tokyo University of Agriculture and Technology suggested that uh, air travelers show they were vaccinated against the flu as well as COVID. So this stuff is all coming down from different people. And, uh, you know, so it's it's not just the author of the article. It's a survey of the of the people who might be able to crack the code on why the flu is all but wiped out. I just think it's funny. It's just baffling to me that someone would actually someone who has a platform would be advocating for just permanent wearing of mask. That's what it seems like to me this person is doing or some of these people are doing. That's that blows my blows my mind. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So I do I do want to go to I have a couple of things to say for um, listeners and patrons. I hope we can get to the Baseball Hall of Fame thing in the patron 15. And right. and the and I want to know about the, how the cancel culture might affect Trump and you in the same way. That's kind of interesting. Yes, definitely. And is the is Japan canceling the Olympics? Oh, so, good question. Right, so I've got a couple of a couple of things. I want to shout out to our newest patron saints. We've gotten quite a few. Melinda, Matthew, Camilla, Crystal, and Elisa. So we've got quite a few new patron saints Welcome. this month. Welcome. Thank you. Hope you enjoy tonight's VIP DPP. It's always a blast. PQ is going to be joining us. He's going to take up some of the slack since I'm dieting and can't have my normal complement of cocktails. But there's something else, and I want to know if listeners can maybe tweet at us at Monica Press Show if they want to find me. Uh, we have a listener whose Facebook account was completely wiped out for no apparent reason. It was suspended earlier for like, a couple of weeks ago for saying some Trump stuff. Him and his partner, business partner, also had the same problem. They, When they got back up, they never posted another political thing, just like personal pictures, kid stuff, whatever. Both of them at the same time had their entire Facebook post their entire Facebook accounts suspended or deleted or whatever, completely gone forever. They are being told that if they fill in certain personal information, include proof of their ID, that they might be allowed to have their case reviewed. He said his partner did that. And it's still after he uploaded his driver's license information, they wiped his Facebook account completely without explanation. And this guy's in a bit of a panic because it's got a lot of like kid stuff and photographs and stuff that that's where he was keeping them. And I just wonder if anybody knows how to get around that. If there's, um, if you were able to request your data from Facebook before, I don't know if that's also the case when you get kicked off. That was true. True for WordPress. I remember I did have a week to pull my stuff. It wasn't obvious, but I could do it. There's a couple of friends of mine that actually got all their Facebook data. All right. Well, maybe, maybe you can, uh, I mean, what? You just ask for it? Can I just have my data, please, sir? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think that's there's a, start. a button on there, but if you don't have your account anymore, it might be difficult. Jeez, Louise. Yeah, it's messed up. There's it a lot of. Up. I mean, the purge is real right now. I know. The purge is definitely real. They ain't messing around with it. I know. And now that I read that Fourteenth Amendment, where it said you could be disenfranchised if you engaged in insurrection, they could literally make all seventy-five million Trump supporters, Trump voters, not 
be allowed to vote anymore. Totally. They're okay. definitely keeping that in the narrative by the way that they've been going after Ted Cruz and Hawley, the Republican who got his book pulled because of his objection to yeah. the electors. Yeah. You guys can find your drive time news blast every week afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform or the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that we post every time we post a DMB, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron. Oh, one yes. more thing. We are live streaming with Garland Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Yes, I'm looking forward to hear the latest updates. A lot of people don't realize there is actually a legitimate election-related court battle or a case going on, I would say. So can't wait to hear what he has to say. You guys can also find us on rockfin.com where we do deep dive video podcasts where we pull back the curtain on what the think tanks are doing to try and shape the world and their ideals. We will talk to y'all next week or in the Patron 15. Have a fantastic rest of your day.